Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, welcome to Hollywood Crime Scene. This is Rachel Fisher. Hi, it's Desi Jedekin. What's going on, Des? You know, <laughs> long week. Yeah. So, I don't know, but we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I'm trying to go to Palm Springs on Saturday, and I don't know if it's going to happen anymore, and I really need to go. I know. Maybe we'll have a trip, and we can do a special Palm Springs episode. I would love that, us in the hotel room, yeah. recording a special <laughs> Hollywood crime scene Palm Springs edition. Maybe okay. Andy could say hi. Yeah. <laughs> That's our friend who lives in Joshua Tree. Yeah. Hey, Andy. Hi, Andy. Okay, so... Let's start off the show giving a shout-out to some people. Okay. Yeah. You said you wanted to give a shout-out. Oh, right. Out. Sorry. <laughs> She's looking at me. I'm like, yes. Um, so I can't remember if we ever mentioned this on a podcast before, but we have two listeners, Faith and Devin, and they did a hilarious... Uh, they sent me a video on Instagram of them sort of acting as me and Rachel and doing our little intro, like, hi, it's Desi Jedekin. Look, they nailed it. They were hilarious. Like, I was mad for one second, but then I was like, okay, it's good. (laughs) I wasn't, I I thought it was like... I wasn't really mad. No, it was like the perfect... It, they nailed us. They nailed it. They did so, such a good job. And then they started their own podcast recently, and it's called Relatable, and the it has an eight in the middle. It right. Has, it's like R-E-L-8. I can't spell. Yeah, it's R-E-L-8-able. Yeah. A-B-E-L. And I think it's just them talking about, like, pop culture yeah. and stuff. Uh, the first uh, episode that I saw was Devin's Tinder scandal. So I'm going to be listening to that later. Yeah. That sounds good. Cause that's, I want to know. So if you want to check it out, they're really cute. They're yeah. 19 years old. They're so cute. They're very cool. So I love them. you should check it out. Cool. Uh, so that's that. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, let's get started on our show today. So there was a lot of updates to cases and stuff that we've been sort of following. The first one is our Lori Laughlin update, Ooh. aka, I mean, Aunt Becky was trending. On when Twitter. I see Aunt Becky trending when I wake up, I'm happy. Right. I'm like, Some, something's going on. Right. And that's, she did in something. That case, varsity Blues. Come on, baby. <laughs> So this is from People Magazine. Lori Laughlin doesn't believe she'll be found guilty in college scam. Lori Laughlin and her husband, Massimo Giuliani, wait, I sp- said that wrong, Gianoli, <laughs> dude, I'm sorry. Like, and I'm going to pronounce another Italian name wrong again in this episode. It's fine. I'm just warning you. Okay. Are trying to get through a legal hurdle as a team, a source tells people. Okay. I'm reading this straight from people. Okay. Sorry. Two months two months after pleading not guilty in the college admissions cheating scandal, Lori Laughlin is coping with her new reality. Lori is in a stressful situation, a source tells people in this week's issue. I'm sorry. I'm just <laughs> laughing that my cat just jumped on the table and dinged Desi's glass of water with her fucking claw and it sounded like fancy feast (laughs) okay 
Lori is in a stressful situation, a source tells People in this week's issue. She isn't working and her whole life focus has changed drastically, the source says of the actress who was dropped by the Hallmark Channel after the scandal broke. I mean, that is the most Lori Laughlin sentence ever. Right. Her life is over. She's dropped from the Hallmark Channel. Right. What is she going to do? <laughs> well, how will Christmas? Christmas is ruined. <laughs> Look, I'm sure her husband, Massimo, has more than enough money. Oh, come on. He's Massimo. Look, if you're paying $500,000 to get your dumb daughters into USC <laughs> and faking crew pictures, yeah. you're more than wealthy. Yeah, I don't feel You bad. have too much money, in fact. like Way too much money. <laughs> It consists of waiting around for the next court date and planning her legal defense. On March 12th, the U.S. Attorney's Office in Massachusetts announced that it had charged 50 people, including Laughlin and her husband, Jay Massimo, Gianelli in the scandal, along with coaches, admissions, counselors, and fellow parents, blah, 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 blah. We know all that. Uh, basically, um, I wanted to get to, like, if, if convicted, if, yeah. convinted, if convicted, Lori faces... 20 years in prison on each charge. Yeah. Now, a lot of people were like, oh my God, she's going to prison for 40 years. That's just what the... Those are the maximum possibilities. Those are the maximum possibilities the prosecutor's recommending. So we don't know what's going to happen. Uh, I'm sure she's not going to be serving 40 years in prison because she's a rich white lady. So right. the, thing, the thing that's amazing to me is that she thinks playing the not guilty card and, and seeing it out rather than just pleading guilty and taking some plea right. is the right decision. Well, She's going to get something because I don't think people are going to like this. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, she might be made an example of. I, I think she will be, but I don't think she's going to get 40 years. There's no way. But uh, I think she's dumb. Yeah. Like she should have just fucking ple pled guilty like or Felicity something. Like Felicity yeah. did. And I, I would love to play some sad trombones when she gets her sentence. <laughs> And then a soundbite of uh, John Stamos going, have mercy. <laughs> okay. So her next story is pretty wild. Now, this was posted all over our Facebook wall. And don't worry, we were aware of it because this is such a wild story. It is the Ashton Kutcher testimony, testimony that basically we're – I'm not going to talk too much about this case only just the update that's in the news because we will absolutely be doing a deep dive on this case. Once the trial is over. Once the trial is over or nearing an end, once we have more information about uh, the killer. So uh, we will be talking about that more. But basically, this is from CBS Los Angeles. This happened yesterday. This was news yesterday. Ashton Kutcher describes seeing wine-colored stains in victim's home in Hollywood Ripper trial. Now, those wine-colored stains were not wine. That was blood of the girlfriend that he was with at the time. Uh, basically, the gist of uh, the story is, is that he was going to pick up his then-girlfriend, a woman named Ashley Ellerin. He was going to pick her up at her home in Hollywood, and when he got there, she wasn't answering the door. She wasn't returning his phone calls. He had assumed that because he was late picking her up that she was mad at him, so uh -huh. he ended up leaving because he couldn't get in the house she wasn't right. answering and he looked in the windows and he saw some something that he thought was wine spilled right 
but it was not wine. So basically, he's testifying. He testified in the trial of this alleged serial killer named Michael Gargiolo. He's a 43-year-old air conditioning repairman, and he is also being charged with murdering a Chicago-area teenager, which took place in 1993, and two women in Los Angeles. It's possible they think he's murdered up to 10 women uh we don't know all the details yet about this but it's it's gonna i mean it's a pretty heavy situation it's like i mean it's pretty wild so yeah that's going on right now that's pretty big news do you have any notes about that no i had briefly considered doing that a few weeks ago so i had looked into the case and there's not a ton of information yet right so i do feel like once the trial is done we can do a good episode getting all the details you know what i mean yeah absolutely okay here's a story that also came out yesterday kind of out of left field this is from popculture.com and it was in a bunch of other papers or uh, gossip tabloid stuff but desi this is the link you sent me uh i'm just saying like that yeah. i've never heard of popculture.com i'm sure it's very legitimate it's very le- no but this story was other places <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah it was like a, it was trending on twitter as well but obviously it like the ashton kutcher story way overshadowed this uh-huh. this headline says chris Catan, former snl star claims lauren michaels pressured him into having sex with a night at the roxbury director <laughs> First, Desi, did you see A Night at the Roxbury? No. I did, did, and it's great. You love it? Desi, I saw it in the theaters. I was 12 years old when it came out. I laughed my ass off because what is funnier when you're 12 (laughs) years old than Will Ferrell and Chris Kattan being ridiculous? Yeah, that was never one of my favorite sketches. Uh, so I had no desire to, I very rarely will go see a Saturday night live movie. Right. Like, and there's like only a handful, I think that people consider like really good SNL yeah. movies. Like I would say like Coneheads is probably like one of the top. I actually heard that Will Forte one is very good. MacGruber. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I didn't see it. It's not my favorite, but I, but like Brendan fucking loves MacGruber. A lot of people love that movie. Yeah, like, yeah. They do. And I love Will Forte. Yeah. He's, he's great. He's really great. A Night at the Roxbury is great. I'm sorry. Like, it's really good. I'm not going to argue with you because I literally don't know. <laughs> Richard Grieco's in it. Okay. I well, mean, that gives it a little bit of... That, I just, that give, I, I'll give it one star okay. <laughs> just for the Richard Grieco. It's a good movie. Okay. But this is uh, about... This story is crazy. Yeah. Okay. Former SNL star Chris Kattan claims that series creator Lauren Michaels pressured him into having sex with a Night at the Roxbury director, Amy Heckerling. Now, Amy Heckerling directed clueless yeah like she's a big director yeah the shocking allegations come from Catan's new memoir baby don't hurt me oh my god that's the <laughs> name of his memoir stories and scars from saturday night live uh we should probably read that at some point it sounds good yeah in which he recounts his side of the story According to an excerpt that made its way online, when Catan and Will Ferrell were prepping the film version of the classic Saturday Night Live characters, Heckerling was initially attached to direct. The director is well known for films such as Fast Times at Ridgemont High, Look Who's Talking, and Clueless. So she is iconic. She's, yeah. One evening, he says, after the two of them had been working late, that she asked him if they were going to have sex. <laughs> 
I was shocked. Was she joking, he says in the book, then adding that he, quote, tried to keep it light with a witty reply so that the conversation ended there. The following day, Catan claims he got a call from Michaels, who shared that, quote, Paramount would only do the movie if Amy signed on as a director, not as a producer, and that he, quote, wanted to make sure the movie happened and that he had to keep Amy happy. So Catan then goes on to claim that Michaels told him, quote, Chris, I'm not saying you have to fuck her, but it wouldn't hurt. (laughs) Catan remembers thinking that seemed insane and explained that he wanted to speak to Farrell about it, but claims that Michaels warned him, quote, it was best if you didn't mention it to Will or anybody else. In the end, Catan decided to sleep with Hackerling. This is what he said. I was too scared, he says of the encounter, adding, the last thing I wanted was to have someone hear Lauren say career ender about me. To this day, whenever I think about that conversation with Lauren, I still feel repellingly pathetic. He says that Hackerling wanted to have sex on Michaels' desk, but Catan, wait a minute, she wanted (laughs) to have sex on Lauren Michaels' desk? There's a lot. There's like a fantasy going on here. I mean, has she responded? I haven't seen that she's responded. Okay. Continue. Okay. I mean, does Because I have things to say, but we'll go at the end. But does she also want Chris Kattan to do like a character too? Yeah. Because this seems like an elaborate fantasy she's Do eight characters. <laughs> like it's the <laughs> SNL audition. Right. But Kattan refused, so they went back to her office and had sex on the couch. I was attracted to Amy, he added, but at the same time, very afraid of the power she and Lauren wielded over my career. Ultimately, Hackerling dropped out as director and merely co-produced alongside Michaels. Director John Fortenberry, jury duty, the King of Queens, ended up stepping in to helm the film. Page Six has since reached out to SNL for a comment and reports that a representative for the show told them this did not happen and added that Catan's book publisher never made efforts to verify his claims. If she flirted with him, that that's possible, and maybe he was going along with it, and she said to him at some point, are we going to have sex? Like, what's going on here? Yeah. Uh, And then maybe he was worried about having sex with her for other reasons and brought Lauren into it. Like, I I just don't know. Like, something about it seems weird to me, and I would like to hear Amy Hackerling's version of the story. Uh, I do have... I I feel like I am a little biased because I talked to some friends about this. I sent them the story the other day, and they're like, oh, Chris Kattan is... Like, they had negative things to say about him. Oh. So I could be biased by inside information about him as a person. See, I'm, like, biased. I also don't think that he's, like, that fuckable. Like, what woman really needs to fuck him? Well, I mean, in 1998, (laughs) he was, like, pretty hot. Not, like, hot physically. I'm just saying, like, he was, like, a hot I never really found him very appealing, though, sexually or, like, attractive. Even as a comedian, I didn't think he was that funny. I don't mean hot. I just mean, like, he was, like, a hot comic. Like, he was... Right. He was popular in 1998. But would she really need to screw around with... Look, you know we don't mean? know. We can't. We don't know who people are sexually attracted know. to. That's true. Here's where I'm biased. I'm. I mean, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt, the way we give women the benefit of the doubt right. when a woman comes forward. But he's not saying like, she did anything. No, but I'm saying yeah. like just the power dynamic. Like he's saying, right? That he felt, well, Lauren seems to be the one here that's the piece of shit, right? Correct. Like yeah. I don't think Amy Heckerling in this story comes off necessarily bad. Although I would feel like. Like, I would scoff if it was, like, a male director that's true. fucking the female star because there is that power dynamic that's But she off. wasn't the director yet. 
right? No, but she still wielded that yeah. power over being his boss. I guess. You know? Yeah. So I'm trying to give him the benefit but of But also, he was there. a big star at that time. Yeah, he was. It wasn't like he was a nobody and the director. Right, that's true. Yeah. Look, I, I honestly... Fine, let's hear Amy Hackerling out. I'm still an Amy Hackerling fan. I believe Lauren Michaels is the villain here. Okay. And I do believe him. I believe if he did go to Lauren Michaels, it's like, hey, is this okay that Lauren was like, yeah, fuck her so we can get this movie made. That I buy right. 100%. That makes more sense to me. That, that I buy 100% uh, because I've only heard horrible things about Lauren Michaels. Wow. Now, here's my creepy story about Lauren Michaels. Um, he lives in an apartment building on the same floor as Paul Simon and their apartments are connected that Why? they can walk in each other's apartments Why at any time. Why would you do that? I have no idea. Don't you find that bizarre? Like, I mean, if I was with next door to you, I would not want an no. apartment that I could come in or no. you could come in at any time. I don't want anyone coming into my apartment. It, it, I mean, we'd always probably let each other in. <laughs> Like, I probably would have a key or something if I right, needed to. Right. But I don't need to be like, hey, what are you guys doing? Like, right. that's insane to me. But he is, like, such a star fucker. Of course he'd have to be, like, anything that Paul Simon wanted. Why Paul Simon? Because they're, like, best friends. Our next story is about a man that I was going to do a Hollywood crime scene episode on and still might. I mean, this is a really well-known case, especially for our Australia listeners we have a lot of Australian listeners. Yeah. So we are talking about serial killer Ivan Milat, who uh, is a really big piece of shit. We're not mm-hmm. going to go into all his crimes right now, but they're pretty heinous. He is like one of Australia's most famous serial killers. And he's still alive. He's still in prison. And this is from The Guardian. The headline reads, Serial killer Ivan Milat transferred to Sydney prison where he will likely spend final days. 74-year-old backpacker murderer likely to die in Long Bay Jail after receiving a terminal cancer diagnosis. Okay, so he's dying. And one of his family members was basically like... I don't good. Yeah, his I grandson. Yeah, it was his grandson was like, uh, fine. I do you think I'm gonna lose any sleep over that? Yeah. I don't care. No one cares. But actually some of his family do still support him, right? There is family members that do still support him. Did you listen to the case file five parter on him? No, but I was looking for that. It's I couldn't good. find it. The, it's 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 yeah. not called Ivan Malad, it's called the Belangolo state park it's just called belangolo state park or oh, something okay maybe it's that's pretty why. recent it was like yeah it was from march i think yeah i was looking for it, but i thought maybe it didn't come out if you're interested in like a really deep dive on ivan malat with and you're into you know and you just want like a straight story of it there's no commentary on it it's just i mean that's what case file is yeah it's, it's a good podcast uh you should listen to it they did like five parts on right. him and this whole case so i recommend that if you want to know more about ivan Milat, we may do his story at some point because uh the movie wolf creek was inspired by his these murders mm-hmm. and wolf creek is a terrifying movie from 2005 i think it's a horror movie obviously yeah um and it made me never want to go to the Outback. I'll go to the steakhouse, <laughs> just not the actual Outback after seeing this movie. Convince me, Australian yeah. listeners. Yeah. We have a Moby update. Oh, good. Moby has canceled part of his book tour. This hmm. is from Pitchfork. Moby cancels book tour following Natalie Portman controversy. I'm going away for a while, Moby writes, following a controversy regarding a passage in his memoir about Portman. 
Moby has canceled the UK and Ireland leg of his book tour, the BBC reports. According to a note on Moby's website, he is is canceling all upcoming public appearances for the foreseeable future. Tickets will be refunded, according to the note. On Instagram, Moby added, I'm going to go away for a while. (laughs) I mean, look, I actually read his apology, his, like, final apology, and I thought it was a good apology. And, like, do I still think he's a clown? Yes. But I did think his apology showed that, like, one of his friends was, like, pulled him aside and was, and they, like, talked it out, and they were like, you're being a clown. And he's like, you're right, I am being a clown, and I should, like, give a real apology for this. Oh, I didn't read that one. I just read the one where he's like, shouldn't you guys be focusing on climate change? Well, no, that was like, that was like his like, he was so clowning. Yeah. No, this is like from yesterday. Okay. Okay. This is what he said. He deleted the Instagram post. He apologized to Natalie. He said, I accept that given the dynamic of our almost 14 year age difference, I should have acted more response responsibly and respectfully when I first met Natalie almost 20 years ago. Um, he also said, I am the one who released the book without showing it to the people I wrote about. I am the one who posted defensively and arrogantly. I am the one who behaved inconsiderately and disrespectfully both in 2019 and in 1999. There is obviously no one else to blame but me. I think that's a sufficient verbal apology. Yeah, I think it's good. I think it's a good apology. Um, Obviously, he talked to some people who were close to him in his life and they, and he like had a, he had to, there's no, he was so wrong here. He was so wrong. And like, look, I get it. Like we've, we, in the heat of the moment, sometimes you get really defensive and you say stupid things. Like it can happen. Like he's not a fucking monster, but like, right. I do think that that apology was a good apology. Yeah. That's my hot take. I, I agree. I mean, I'm happy to accept people's apologies. Totally. I'm not like someone who's like, you're canceled forever. No. Uh, he will always be deeply embarrassed about what he did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he totally. should be. And I hope that that keeps him in check. Yeah. Because that is a fucking wake-up call. Right. So I'm sure it's very difficult to own up to something when you're so publicly stupid. Yes. <laughs> like, I mean, Do you know what I mean? Like, that must be really hard. Right. Because you're trying to make it right, and then you just keep digging yourself into a hole more and more. Yeah. Uh, but where is his apology to Andy Dick? No, <laughs> <laughs> what about shitting on the cake, Moby? Right. What have you to say about that? He needs to admit that that was a hilarious prank. I want Moby to get a sense of humor and then I will accept it. <laughs> he needs to accept that that was hilarious. It was hilarious. Andy Dick was going to shit on his vegan cake and that he actually was like, complaining about that vegan cake like i was gonna eat that vegan cake. no one wanted the vegan cake okay you know what you can have your own vegan cake but if you have guests you get them a good cake Agreed. do you know what i mean like Agreed. i'm fine with you being vegan right i would never make everyone else be vegan no you know at my party or whatever right. that's, and that's just... not to say that i haven't had delicious vegan desserts before some vegan things are good yes but I would say you still just get like a good cake. You get both cakes. Yeah. Vegan can be good. Gluten-free, that's definitely more. It's difficult to do uh, that. that I've had maybe one good gluten-free thing. Right. And that's usually because it's like creme brulee. (laughs) Right. It's like. (laughs) Like you have to get a dessert that doesn't have flour in it. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Let's talk about some stuff we're watching. Uh, Well, we're both watching Chernobyl (laughs) right now. I have watched every episode of Chernobyl twice. I have not. Twice? Yeah. Desi, you watched them twice? Yes, because first I watched them and then I had to 
I have a big writing deadline that's due tomorrow. So I like to watch something while I'm writing that I don't really have to pay attention to. Right. So because I already watched it, I put it on again. Okay. And that's how I got that picture of the cat. I was wondering. I was like, <laughs> oh, Desi started around the same time I did. So No, I already seen every episode. Oh, I've only seen. And I rewatched every episode twice. Yeah. I've I only seen four. the first two. Okay. And the first, like, scene is that cat moment. Yes. Where there's, like, the guy in the opening is like getting ready to commit suicide and he puts out all this extra food for his cat, which I really appreciate. I did too. Cause I was like worried about the cat. I got worried about the cat. And that's like always my first concern is like when someone dies on like a TV show and they have a cat, like yeah. what's going on with the what's cat? going on with the cat. I need updates. Yeah. I need to know it's going to be okay. So fortunately this cat was like, Ugh, whatever, yeah. as long as I'm fed. Yeah. <laughs> she was like licking her paws. It was a He's good like moment. Hanging. Uh, this show um, first of all, I don't no, know. No, Desi, I've only seen the first two episodes. I'm not going to go into it, but it is a true story. So everything Thanks, Desi. has already happened. <laughs> <laughs> it's impossible to spoil. <laughs> um, this show is very good. I love this show. And it's, it's a well-known fact for anyone who knows me. My lifelong fear is radiation poisoning. It's probably because I was like an 80s child. Right. Where it was like Silkwood and like Chernobyl. <laughs> Right. <laughs> that shit seemed real. I also read a biography of Marie Curie when I was very young. So I knew from a very young age that I needed, you know, iodine pills. <laughs> I needed to not like fucking go near radiation. Right. So this is like a, I think I tweeted something yesterday where I'm literally like on the edge of my seat when I watch the show, like gripping things. Yeah. Because I'm so like, everyone is just like. They're touching Touching everything. everything. There's a woman whose husband is like a first responder and they're, they're like, don't go in the plastic sheet. She's just going in there fucking holding him. I'm like, dude, like, right. it is like horrifying. Right. So it's so good. If yeah. you like history, even if you don't like history, it's like a compelling drama. Like right. it is fucking stressful it's to stressful. watch. Yeah. And it's, I think it's only five episodes. So there's one more episode coming. Uh, it's all on HBO, so you can like binge it right now if you right. have HBO Go. Uh, go get someone's password and <laughs> or watch it. It's really good. Yeah, I I've been enjoying it. I mean, it. I like the cinematography a lot in it. I like the. It's really dark. It's really dark. Uh, it's really interesting to see this snapshot of like, you know, uh, the. Soviet Union in the 80s. Right. Like, that's all very interesting to me. Um, and it has a vibe I like because I used to be very into like watching Eastern European movies yeah. from that period. And the other thing I like, um, I mentioned briefly on Twitter, like, we're not going to tell you, we're not going to talk about like political hot takes about this show because like that's not the kind of show we are. But I really appreciate that there was a tracksuit, a guy wearing a tracksuit in the first episode. Because <laughs> there if there's one fashion statement to me that's timeless and I'm being completely unironic, it is Eastern Europeans wearing tracksuits. Yeah. Like that's honestly one of my favorite looks. As yeah. someone of Eastern European descent, <laughs> like though that's such a look. It's I really love good. It. So I definitely recommend uh that show. Yeah. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. 
Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Rakuten's Big Give Week is back with 15% cash back. It's a festival of savings with big cash back at hundreds of stores. Don't miss headliners like Canon, Fenty Beauty, and Dyson. I can't wait to shop for all of my summer fashion and beauty needs, and we'll definitely be checking out Ulta and Adidas. Rakuten really is the best way to shop. You can really save by stacking cash back on top of other deals. And during Big Give Week, the cash back is bigger than ever. It's the time to shop for everything you need for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. Membership is free, and it's all happening May 6th to May 13th. Join today for free and get an extra 10% cash back boost on top of Big Give Week cashback rates. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app today. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Rakuten is the shopping platform to save while shopping. I'm the queen of starting a free trial offer and forgetting to cancel it, oftentimes being charged for months for something I'm not even using. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes, but let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. With Rocket Money, I can see all of my subscriptions in one place, and if I see something I don't want, I can cancel it with a tap. I never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill, and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. It's definitely saved me money, and now I can use that money to waste on things I do want. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. That's rocketmoney.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. The other show that I'm going to start watching is Southern Charm. What's that? Southern Charm is a reality show on Bravo, and it's about rich people in the South. I don't really know too much about it. I saw a little bit of it with my friend John. The one thing that made me want to watch it, and this character could be a complete asshole. I have no idea. It's just the episode I saw. He had a very um, abusive girlfriend <laughs> who was making fun of him because he was making pillows to relieve his stress. Why is so she his making hand fun sewing of that? Pillows. That's nice. Well, he might be an asshole, Rachel. Oh. I have no idea. But the pillow episode charmed me because <laughs> I was like, oh, why is she being such a bitch to him? He's like making pillows. And she was like, you loser. Stop making pillows. Um, and then it could be uh, something I eventually do an episode on because I do think one of the lead characters, who's a very old man who dates younger women, uh, may have had um, a rape charge recently. Oh. And he apparently on this episode or this season, they're like acting as if like, oh, you know, his rape charge. <laughs> like what? they're kind of like, they're like flipping acting, about it. Yeah. Like, so 
I, I get into like Bravo reality shows. We all know I watch The Housewives, and a lot of the ones I like are ending. Like Vanderpump ended. Beverly Hills and New York are probably coming to the end. Wait a minute. Vanderpump series finale happened? Yeah. Like oh. The reunion show happened already. Wait, but the season? No, 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 no. Just, just the, the season. season. Oh, okay. So I'll, I, I was like, oh, I'm going to watch that. That'll be my next dumb show I watch. So you can tell me about it on Facebook and talk to me and tell me how I'm wrong about the pillow guy. Right. I think his name is Craig. Uh, Craig the pillow Craig guy. Craig the pillow guy. I, I could be wrong because I really only saw one episode and it was a very long time ago. So yeah, that's what I'm watching. And I finally finished season eight of The Walking Dead last night or two nights ago. I now need to figure out how to watch season nine because I went to AMC's website and it's like I have to sign up for AMC Premiere or something. Oh. So I might just buy it on Amazon. Yeah. I don't know. You're Whatever. so dili- Look, di- dedicated. I, I need I could to never. know. I need to know. And like, there was some vi- like there. Season eight was good. Season eight was really good, in my opinion. <clears throat> and like, I know, like, like when I like tweeted about Walking Dead, people were like, "I fell off that show." It's like you know, I don't, I don't need a show to be like super smart or super clever for me to enjoy it. I just want to be entertained, and I was entertained by season eight. I think it's fine, and I think it's fine to if, if you fell off. Yeah. I Both don't know why people fine. have to like always have everyone do the same thing. Yeah. Like I fell off. It wasn't like a judgment call. I just forgot to watch it and I didn't care anymore. Do right. you know what I mean? Like, right. So I'm going to get into season nine soon. Okay. Let's go into our listener questions and stories. Now, Julianne asked you about freelance writing advice. I mean, the truth is Julianne, Email me at hollywoodcrimescene.com and I'll try to give you advice, but this business sucks and I can give you some advice there. Probably be easier. More and, like and, mental health advice. Yeah. Uh, it'll be easier. So email me at hollywoodcrimescene at gmail.com and I will give you some advice. But I, I feel like on the show, people will be like, what? No one cares. Ted, who we know Ted, he's in our Facebook group. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, Ted. He asks, have either of you been a victim of a Hollywood crime besides cold French fries or any close close calls? Um, and what is the most recent crime either of you have committed besides throwing cold French fries out the car window? <laughs> Thanks. Been listening for a year now, and your shows always make me laugh. Your chemistry is iconic, as you like to say. That's Aww, very sweet. Thanks, Thank Ted. you. Um, well, I'm pretty sure if you know anything about me and Desi's uh, earlier history, we have definitely been the victim of crimes before. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, they're not funny oh, wait, at all. I do have a recent Hollywood crime. That you've committed? No. That oh, was the, happened to me. What? Well, it's kind of. Remember when I came home after doing the podcast and there was people in my driveway? Oh, yeah. That was really scary. That was a close call. So I came back. We record our podcast pretty late. Yeah. So I'll usually get home at like after 11. Right. Or maybe close to midnight even, I think, that night. Uh, and I pulled into my driveway and... I have like um, a, f- a floodlight that pops on, or my neighbor does also. So when I was I went in my driveway, it's like a cement wall. I was walking out of my car, and in the shadow on the cement wall was sort of lit up. I saw the shadow of a um, man creeping over and walking. <laughs> and my heart was like literally jumping out of my fucking chest. Wait, wait what did I say? I tweet. I said something. Oh, yeah. I said, excuse me. <laughs> Like in like the deepest voice though ever that I've ever come out of, that's ever come out of my mouth. And they were like, oh shit. And it was two of them. And then they ran 
from the other side of my driveway, which is just open into like a grass of my neighbor's yard. Yeah. And they ran off. Oh God. And someone's car had been stolen on the next street over and um, they had, someone had video, I guess someone has a video outside of their thing. And it was like the two guys getting oh, into this wow. truck and stealing the truck. Uh, so it was like this whole thing in the neighborhood, but that was literally one of the most frightening. I couldn't sleep all night. I was fucking terrified. Right. It was really scary. Um, so yeah, that was, that's like my last crime, Hollywood crime that that's happened to me, even though it wasn't really a crime. It could have been cause they probably were trying to steal shit or something. Right? Yeah. I guess the throwing the French fries out the window, that was like really the last crime I did. Like littering. We littered. Yeah. That was like pretty and agreed the pretty egregious crime in my adult life. <laughs> so I feel like the rats were happy. The rats yeah. <laughs> the we rats made rats happy. Yeah. That's all that matters. This is from Marlene. Hello, ladies. Let me start off by saying y'all are great and listening to you guys at work always lifts my spirit. I've been a listener for a little over two years. Supported you guys on Patreon for a while. I forgot to update. Lost my debit card. Sorry. Oh, girl, I've been there. <laughs> oh, my God. That is the worst, Marlene. When, when you lose your credit card and you, every account that you have hooked up to it, you have to switch. It's so irritating. It's a nightmare. The only... <clears throat> The only time that's good is then it cancels all the weird things you forgot you signed up for. Yes. Like one time I signed up for like a lifetime original movie subscription, <laughs> but I only wanted to do like the free. Right. Like I always do that. I always fuck up. Yeah. But then the last time I lost my debit card, like it got canceled. So I was like, oh, sweet. Like yeah. I remember it. I was like, oh, cool. Okay. So, okay. I need to update that and follow you guys on Twitter and Instagram. Y'all are hilarious. Now, aside from... Uh, social media, what kind of lives do you guys live? Kids, day jobs? I know you guys had a different pod before HCS. What happened to it? Mostly, I'm just curious to know more about you guys. Thanks. Love, Mar from Grapevine, Texas. Thank you for that yeah. really sweet email. Um, this is my full-time job right now. Uh, but day job, I mean, like, yeah, like I've done a lot of freelance writing in the past. I know Desi, we just talked about Desi does yeah. freelance writing. I'm a union actor. If you want to hire me for anything, I'm, I'm all, all my dues are paid. I'm, I'm in SAG. If you want to hire me, I'll, I'll do someone's film. If they toss me a role, uh, what do I do my day to day life? I research for this podcast and I hang out with my cat and my boyfriend. It's, Honestly, not the most glamorous life, but it is very fulfilling, actually. I don't even go out really that much. No, I just don't. Like, I'm like a home, we're both homebodies. We're both homebodies, and we both like. I mean, like, I have like a group of like sober friends that I like, I like, and like, I, I like. I'll do like drag shows periodically. Like, I'm also a drag king, so like, if there's like a drag show someone wants to put me on, like, I'll, I'll do that anytime. Yeah. Like, that's like my. Like right, and I do hobby. like essay reading shows in LA, so that's something I want to do more of, uh, that kind of thing. Right. So yeah, I mean we're boring. And Desi has foster kittens. Yeah. So they do that. So we're both cat ladies. Cat ladies and food ladies. TV. Right. Just we're really boring. hot. Yeah. Look, when you're this hot, you just have to lay around and not ruin everyone else's lives by like, putting your hotness on display. My like big. <laughs> like go out thing that I do is like, I love going to Las Vegas. Like that's like, right. When I go out, like I'll go out, like yeah. I'll go to Vegas. We have to go sometime. Yeah. It's I'll my, go with It's you. my favorite place. It's my favorite place. That's it for our listener questions. What did you eat this week, Desi? Well, I was doing pretty good on my sugar-free <laughs> diet, but 
I did fall off the other day because I someone bought me two boxes of Good and Plenty, and that's like one of good my favorite. Good and Plenty. I love Good and Plenty. Good so and I Plenty. I fucking love it because I love black licorice. Right. I love black licorice. You know what? People either love it or they hate it. So I had some of that. Um, I didn't really. I guess I went to a Memorial Day thing briefly. You did? Yeah. Uh, and that was. Oh, I told you because there there was like. Um, a grandmother climbing up a dirt hill, and I was kind of like, did you guys see the cliff wife? Oh, right, <laughs> like right. I had to stop myself. Uh, so I had some good barbecue there. That's good. Um, yeah, I didn't really have anything too exciting this week. Well, we have to go to a meal soon. I know. We I haven't think. been to a meal in so long together. Yeah, I... almost, I'm really craving pasta. So <sighs> maybe like too. in a few weeks. Yeah, let's do we it. We can have like a cheat pasta meal. Let's do it. Let's go all out. Mm -hmm. I had a great meal. My mom was in town. Hey mom, if you're listening with her boyfriend. And so me, my mom, her boyfriend, my brother, my brother's girlfriend and Brendan, we all went out to this really good Thai place in Hollywood. It's called Hoi Ka. They're so good. Yeah, it's good. And we like, it was one of those nights where we ordered the perfect amount of food, but we were definitely all full and it was just really good. Yeah. I had- and tomorrow I'm excited because I'm going to watch the Deadwood movie. Oh. That's my big thing. You are? Yeah. What is tomorrow? Friday? Friday. Uh, so on HBO, the Deadwood movie is finally happening. Ooh. So that's why I was binging those three seasons. And I'm getting a haircut tomorrow. <laughs> Very exciting day. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, like, I wish I... Now I'm like, oh, I wish I could have, like, come up with, like, a ton of cool things to tell Marlene that, like, I'm up to in my life. But really, like, m- like what my... I mean, like... I'm really just doing the show right now. We are p- focusing a lot of our energy. We're focusing on the show right most now. of our energy on the show. Like I, so. we have other little projects that we're sort of working on too. Right, but we're trying to grow the show. I think that would be our biggest thing. Yeah, and um, it takes up a lot of energy, sort of like researching, and like that takes up a lot of time doing research stuff, which is fine. We love it. We love doing this. So, yeah, that's really my main focus. Um, Desi told a really good story I just wanted to talk about briefly before we end the show. She tweeted it today about how when she was a little girl, her parents got into a nasty (laughs) fight and Desi thought that the best way to break up the fight or cut the tension in the room was to sing the shake and bake jingle. Can you sing that for us? Well, I, it was an imitation that I did in my family frequently. Oh, so they knew. So it was something I had done before. So it was like a very silent moment in the argument. And I used to say, it's not fried, <laughs> it's shake and bake. And I helped. <laughs> <laughs> Here's okay. Let me just add one more thing about this. Um, that story of the shake and bake story. Um, 10 years ago, maybe I was a nanny or I was like an assistant to someone's so yeah. with their kid a lot. And I would take them to the library sometimes. Uh, and I was in a section of books. Of course, I gravitate to this section. It was like books for kids that you want to teach them about um, adult issues. Right. So they're written for kids, but it's about, there was one about alcoholism. So oh. of course I was like, ooh, <laughs> alcoholism. And it was about a family of bears and the dad was a drunk. <laughs> so I'm like reading the book, not this, with the kid, just by myself. Like this he's a, amazing. He's in the like kid section reading and I'm in the section for kids with problems. <laughs> like, right. Like trying to help myself later in life, I guess. So I'm reading this book about an alcoholic dad bear with the kids and, and they start showing like, and here's how different kids react in these situations, but it's written like a story and one comes out and he's like a punk 
bear and he's really mad <laughs> and, he's and I, so i'm like cracking up while reading this book i'm like look at these assholes oh, oh i'm a punk bear and then i turn the page and the bear come the the middle child or whoever whichever bear child it was comes out while the parents are fighting and he has on a paper bag on his head and he's like waka 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 and it was like i was and then all of a sudden the smile left my face because <laughs> i was like I was the sad clown. That was me. I'm that child who always tried to cut the tension with a joke. And I, I was like literally like gripping the sides. It was like this huge moment, even though I kind of knew, obviously. But it was to see it projected like or presented in this book as like I'm one of the types. I'm not the cool one who's like angry. I'm the sad fucking bear who comes out during the middle of a huge fucking beating and like tries to make everyone in the family laugh. Dude, that reminds me of... <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me of an email that we actually I forgot to include in my notes and that is the perfect segue for this email because <laughs> it's absolutely related to this this is from Aaron hi gals I'm a newish <laughs> I'm a newish listener and I hear a lot of times Desi saying things like you know how I was raised or briefly discusses how bad her childhood was, but I haven't come across a full story of her past. Is there an episode you can point to where the story is told or can you recap your story? I feel like I identify with short tidbits you have talked about absentee mother, abusive stepfather and listening to how well you adjusted and how you can talk about it openly gives me courage to start to do so myself. Thanks for the honest talk. I love you guys for it, Aaron. First of all, that is a really sweet email. Very Thank sweet, you, Aaron. Aaron. Thank you. And you know, that is true. It's like, yeah, we we do joke a lot about the hor- horrific things that happened to both of us in our lives, <laughs> Desi in her earlier childhood and me in my late teens. But um you know, <laughs> I am like, I wouldn't say like, oh, I'm grateful horrible things happened to me, but I'm grateful that I moved beyond the horrible things that happened to me so that I can help other people who are going through horrible things or have been through horrible things because there is another side to it. And I don't live my life in misery today at all. Like I used to, um, I don't know, Desi, take it away. (laughs) I mean, it's, it's a good question and I can understand the interest for sure because I just lay these tidbits out but it's obviously way too much to get into um in a podcast or or right now but Aaron Aaron is it Aaron yeah uh I have written some things I'll respond to your email and send you some links to those things yeah and I am uh working on a book yeah so maybe that will come out at some point look if we ever get actually famous then maybe we'll each do individual episodes. <laughs> what I think is, Desi, you should do my story, and then I right. should do your story, and we can both react like we've never heard them before. The true Hollywood story, yeah. Right, but you like read you you would be reading my story, and yeah. then I would be dunking on my own story. Yeah, that would be good. That we'll would be do good. that, but that's only if we get like my favorite murder level famous. Right, we'll have yeah. our dual memoir too. Memoir yeah, too. totally. It'll be called um, Diamond Level Danger Pussies. <laughs> Totally. (laughs) Love it. Uh, Okay. I think that's it, right? Yeah, that's it. Awesome. All right. Bye, guys.